Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode of our podcast, I want to talk about rethinking or reframing how you see the prophetic. Let me explain that. So in our podcast, we've been focused on pretty much one Hebrew root word uh, referenced by Strong's number H5012, Naba, and it means uh, the most basic definition of prophetic. Anytime the word prophet or prophesying is used in your Bible, it's typically this word or goes back to this root word. And this word means, by definition, someone, something or someone who is prophetically inspired of the Holy Spirit. The word prophetic means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit when you speak or sing. And so we've been concentrating on that word, and we've been concentrating on how you receive prophetically from the Holy Spirit. And that's typically through your five senses. We've spent uh, several podcasts on different ways you can receive from the Lord. Uh, We've had a lot of people share of how they heard from the Lord or they saw something. Uh, The most common way is hearing. But you can also see things, whether it be through a dream, whether it be uh, through a vision, um, and and in some cases to even physically see something. Um, Or the Lord can just open your eyes to something. You know, I'm going to probably spend a whole podcast on one of the ways the Lord most often speaks to me is when I'm just doing uh, something, you know, about my everyday life. um, And then the Lord begins to speak to me and use that as an analogy to teach me something that he wants me to learn. And so we've been sort of exploring all the different ways that God can prophetically speak to us. Now, let me also say this about the prophetic. When I say that the Holy Spirit inspires something, what I mean by that is you didn't learn it any other way. You didn't learn it from your devotional book. You didn't learn it from talking to someone. Uh, No one told you. Uh, You only got this communication, this revelation through the Holy Spirit. And the way that we do that is first, we have to know him. We have to know his voice. And we do that. Basically, there's just a few simple ways that can happen. Number one is in prayer. We have to spend time in prayer, communicating, talking to the Lord. Um, And then, you know, ask the Lord questions. I ask the Lord questions all the time, and he does find ways to answer me. Um, another way is through worship. You know, you have to put in some time just worshiping the Lord. There is so much power in worship. And then uh, to me, the most practical, one of the most practical ways is through his word. You know, the, um, the Lord sent us his word, and I believe that the word Based on what it says in, in John uh, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word. Jesus and the Word are one and the same. Uh, if you want to understand the Lord, you have to understand His Word, and you have to dig in. And the neat thing is, is when you have trouble understanding the Lord, the Holy Spirit will come right beside you, put His arm around you, and guide you through the Word. You know, my mom gave the story of when she was uh, teaching a Sunday school class and she was a young believer and she was feeling a little insecure about the topic. And the Lord just, she said, kept quietly telling her in her mind, read it again, 
read it again. And she said she must have went through that uh, scripture 10 times and then boom, a revelation. The word came alive. The word jumped off the page. It came alive and was revelation. It was a knob word to her. Um, a lot of times we'll hear people say that the Holy Spirit breathed life into that word. I love that definition. And that is also based on another Hebrew word called rhema. And that means a quickened word. That means a word that, that the Holy Spirit has breathed his life into. And so that word becomes very alive to you. I can think of so many examples where the, the word has come alive. I'll give you an example out of my life. There was a situation where I was praying and believing God for something. And just the simple scripture that says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Well, I had heard that scripture all my life. But in this situation, it's like the Holy Spirit breathed life into that word. And it became a rhema word for me. And I held on to that word that God was going to be faithful to complete this because he started this good work and he's going to be faithful to complete it. And I would even look at myself in the mirror. I had the scripture on my mirror and I would read it to myself every day that God is faithful. He is going to complete this. And uh, he did. And it came to pass and it built my faith and it encouraged me. And I hope that will encourage you. And so I want to spend some time today just talking about reframing your definition of the prophetic. A lot of times if you've grown up in a, a Pentecostal or maybe even a charismatic church um, or maybe even a mainline church, you know, you will maybe think of the word prophetic meaning uh, someone who is giving a future prediction or telling us something about the end times in the future. And that is definitely a facet of the prophetic. That is absolutely correct. In fact, I want to dedicate an entire episode to uh, the, the Hebrew word that's an expounded word of Naba that specifically deals with foretelling future events. That is absolutely an aspect of the prophetic. But I want to take the airplane from 30,000 feet and let's fly it down to 10,000 feet right at your personal level. I believe every Christian, every believer, as part of the Great Commission, that you have your very own mission field whether it be your job, your neighborhood, you know, your, your, fam your extended family or, or circle of friends, um, you know, different places you're in contact with people that, that you are a light in a dark world. And the Lord wants to guide you in that process. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our helper. And I believe anytime the Holy Spirit inspires you, that that by definition, based on Naba H5012, that that is prophetic. So I want to challenge you to expand your definition of the prophetic. Uh, let me say this, that, that we know as believers that the Lord, that God is omnipresent, that he's in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. There is a timeless nature to God, and he does often foretell future events to us prophetically. But like I said, if I take the airplane from 30,000 feet and I fly it down to 10,000 feet for my daily life, that God wants to speak to me in the here and now, that he wants to encourage me and minister to me and inspire me just with that Naba 
rhema word. He wants to inspire us with his Holy Spirit, especially as we minister to other people. You know, we've talked about prophetic reception, how we receive words primarily through our five senses. But I really want to focus now on transmission and how we begin to pour out. You know, I think of it like a cup, Um, like you can have a cup. And as the Lord prophetically fills you, Uh, with his word, with his encouragement, with with the things he wants to show us. It's like the cup begins to get full, but eventually the cup begins to spill over. And so we want to be able to pour out the things God has given to us to encourage people. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about uh, the prophetic gifts and other gifts also, but it talks about the prophetic gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that they are to edify and encourage. You know, I've talked about the knowledge the prophet in our in our last podcast, and how that some people have a, a, a the office of a prophet, and or they have a regional prophetic gift, and um, you know that, that sometimes, especially in the Bible, they would bring uh, you know correction, and they would bring admonition, and they would challenge the people. You know, you are not doing what the Lord said. I would even warn them of the things that that would bring about and what would happen. Um, that is for the office of a prophet. Now, if you're an everyday lay person and you just have your own personal mission field and and you're giving out prophetic words on a personal level, I would uh, caution you to uh, to only edify and encourage that you never bring correction to someone. Number one, that you're not an authority in their life, and number two. Um, that you don't have relationship with them. So that is not our role. Uh, and the type of prophetic ministry I'm talking about is to edify and encourage other people and to, and to always be careful with that. That's a, there's a responsibility that comes when, when you minister the prophetic, and I don't take that lightly. But, um, you know, you, you can always give a scripture. You can always encourage, and that by nature can be a prophetic act. Um, I want to talk to you, though, too, about um, about our tongue, about the things we speak. You know, in Proverbs 18.21, it says the power of life and death are in the tongue. We need to begin to speak life in our everyday life. Um, I saw a little uh, quote on on Pinterest, and it said that uh, every time we speak, we are prophesying our future. And I love that because it really does uh, sort of speak to Proverbs 18:21 that uh, everything we do affects our future. I want to share this little story that my mom, when she um, was growing up, and she shared a little bit about this in her past podcast, in our past podcast, that her parents um, were, were basically functioning alcoholics. And uh, my grandmother grew up, um, and she w- had had a lot of worry and anxiety, and she was, uh, you know, very fearful in her life—a very sweet, precious person. But uh, fear had had controlled a lot of her decisions and anxiety, and so there was a lot of negativity. And my mother grew up in that environment around a lot of negativity, a lot of anxiety and fear and and just negativity. And she said that when she um, got a hold of the faith message and she began to have the revelation, the Naba revelation, that the power of life and death are in the tongue, that she began to speak life. She began to watch what she would say, that she would begin to speak blessing and favor and life all the time, that she really understood the principle of sowing and reaping. Let me speak to that for just a minute. You know, the, the Bible 
is really uh, based on an agrarian lifestyle, that everything is on the principle of sowing and reaping. And our words are like seeds that we put in the ground. Uh, one time, the, and I, this is actually a little knob of revelation, you know, the Lord often speaks to me in analogies when I'm doing something. Well, I was outside and we were putting the little uh, granules in our yard and I was by the bushes and I had the little handheld seed spreader and I was uh, doing the little crank wheel and putting the seeds out and the Lord began to speak to me while I'm doing yard work. And the Lord just said, um, those seeds you're spreading are like words. He just dropped that in my spirit. And I had the perfect picture that that, that is like uh, seeds that I put in the ground. Every time I speak something, I'm either speaking life or death. It's either fruitful seeds or it's going to be weeds. And so God just began to speak to me about watching my mouth, putting a guard on my mouth, watching what I say, that I don't need to be speaking death and fear and worry and anxiety, but I need to begin to speak life. And that has prophetic power to change your future. Um, my mom, you know, when she got a hold of speaking life, um, it began to have an impact on our entire family. Now, we were not in denial of reality and we did not abuse. I've been in, you know, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that there are people that abuse that and, and they won't go to doctors and all that. I'm, I'm keeping a very balanced perspective on this. But there is power in speaking in faith and living a lifestyle of faith. And that has prophetic power because you are speaking to your future that you're going to begin to walk in God's blessing and favor and that you're not going to walk under the curse of sin and be uh, downtrodden and sick and poor and, you know, beat down. No, we're going to speak life that I am blessed and highly favored. And I, I know that that's been abused, but, um, but you know, I had a bad experience with money one time, but I still use it and it's still good and it's effective and God can still bless us and and we can walk in his favor and his provision. Um, and I, I think I think I've made myself clear on that. I, I don't believe you should abuse that, but I definitely believe in the principles of living and walking and speaking by faith. You know, you have to get something in your heart first and believe it. And then you begin to speak it out of your mouth. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, I mean, that's the key right there. You know, in John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But it says that that Jesus says, I am, I am come to bring life and life more abundantly. You know, one time I took a sheet of paper and I just drew a line down the middle and on one column I wrote uh, kill, steal, and destroy. And in the other column, I wrote life and life more abundantly. And I begin to prioritize things in my life um, that if this is bringing death and destruction in my life, then it's not of God. And I need to you know, reorder some things in my life. And um, the things that, that brought life and ab you know, abundant life, those are the things I want to concentrate on. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about, about the words of our mouth, that in Proverbs 21, 23, it says, He who keeps his mouth and tongue keeps his souls from trouble. That there really is power uh, in the tongue, you know, the book of James talks about putting a bridle on your tongue. You know, we need to be careful what we say. It matters. It matters what you say. So always speak life. There's so much prophetic power in that. And it becomes a, it becomes a lifestyle because you have to make it a habit, a discipline 
And so there's so much power in that. But um, begin to uh, allow the Lord to reframe, to redefine to you about the prophetic, that the prophetic is just you um, speaking edification and encouragement that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, not necessarily inspired by me. You know, there is a way that is right to man, but in the end it is death. We don't always go by our logic. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We can't be led just by our logic. We cannot be led just by our emotions. We have to be led by his word and by the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be led by those things, especially when we minister prophetically. And, you know, if you're unsure, pray about it. I always say to start with Scripture. When, when uh, you know, you can just pick. There's so many good ones <laughs> that you can pick from. But pick you a, an encouraging Scripture and, and just begin to pray and say, Lord, who can I give this Scripture to this week? Who needs encouragement that I can share this scripture with them and, and, and help them to this scripture to come alive to them, to be a rhema word, to be a revelation for them, a novel word for them. And I believe that the Lord will just show you the right person. You know, I, I've shared that, you know, the way the prophetic works with me is oftentimes God will just begin to put someone on my heart and they'll just sort of, you know, they'll just pop up in my mind throughout the day or throughout the week. And, um, you know, I'll pray about it first. You know, okay, Lord, you know, this is like the third time this person's been on my mind this week. What are you saying to me, Lord? And and begin to pray and, and ask the Lord, you know, what can I share with them? How can I minister to them or encourage them? And then, you know, text them or, or call them or, or whatever. And, um, and be prepared to have something to bring. You know, I believe the Lord will just show you how to minister to them. And it's so powerful. You know, your pastor cannot uh, individually minister to every single person in the church all the time. He cannot go into your workplace. We are the church. We have to be willing to be used of the Lord. I, I, you know, I will say this. I have seen a lot of people who, you know, I've talked oftentimes about the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies, which is patterned off the temple in the Old Testament, the temple in heaven. And I believe that is just an analogy for our life. You know, we can choose to be uh, in the outer court, but I believe God wants to move us into a deeper level and to use us to be His His hands and His mouth and, you know, His eyes. And, and God chooses to use His people. And so, you know, you have a role where you can begin to minister and encourage and edify and build others up. I see so many people that um, they almost have a consumer mentality. And that may be okay for a season as, as you're a new believer. You know, Paul talks about that, you know, we have to move on from the milk like a baby and, and move into more mature things. Uh, that we can't stay at that level forever. You know, if uh, if uh, my teenage son was still drinking out of a bottle, that would be an issue. That would not be good. That would not be healthy, and he would be immature. And so how could it be any different in the spirit? You know, we need to begin to, um, once we get to a point where we've reached maturity, a level of maturity in the Lord, we need to begin to encourage and build others up. And I, I just think that's our responsibility as believers, I, I see a lot of people who look to their pastors or their, their leaders and they expect those people to hear from God on their behalf. 
And like I said, there's there may be a season where that's okay, but once you reach maturity, you need to hear from God for yourself. The pastor, you know, he's only one man. He can only reach so far. You know, he gets a word and a vision for the body, but he, he can't spend every minute ministering to every person, you know, to being the whole he's not their Holy Spirit. You have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that He can reveal these things to you. And so I just wanted to talk about reframing the prophetic, uh, just just challenging you to expand your definition of the prophetic, that really the prophetic by definition in the word Naba, uh, which is H5012, is just the Holy Spirit breathing on a word, inspiring a word, uh, inspiring revelation to you. Um, and we know that uh, that uh, my mom had shared this before, and I'm probably going to have her back on to really go in depth on this, that, um, that it was Peter that had the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but by my spirit. That is a Naba word. That is the prophetic lifestyle that we have to live, where when, um, when, when the Lord is teaching us something that the Holy Spirit just sort of imparts revelation to us supernaturally, and we're able to understand and have a revelation of who He is, and everything in the believer's life should always point us back to Jesus. I mean, that's the key. It's always got to point us back to the Lord. We can uh, we can get uh, sidetracked on all the glittery things, but it's got to be about Jesus, and that's the key. And so I want to spend the next several podcasts, I'm going to have a couple of different people on, and I want to hone in on prophetic evangelism. There's no greater way to be used of the Lord than in prophetic evangelism. Let me explain what I mean by prophetic evangelism. Prophetic evangelism is when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in how to minister to an unsaved person and present them with the gospel. And and maybe it's even just to, to sort of, we call it in the church world, you know, just planting a seed of love or encouragement. But, you know, how can we, uh, how can we minister to people, especially unbelievers, prophetically. Well, there's no greater example than Jesus. And in John 4, we see Jesus stops in uh, at the at the well and that the woman of Samaria comes to the well and he asks her for water. And uh, she he basically goes on to tell her, you know, I can give you living water. And um, and so she, she receives that and then he says, uh, you know, you know, about her husband, that she's been married five times before and that the man she's with now is not her husband. And she even says in verse 19, she says, uh, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And so, you know, even she understood that no one told her, there's no way he could have known those things about the woman at the well other than the Holy Spirit revealed that to him. And so he used that to be able to minister to her. He, you know, he got her attention when, when he, you know, said these things to her. And, and I'm sure, you know, that, that the Holy Spirit breathed life on that. You know, when, when Jesus was on the earth, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he had to depend on the Holy Spirit just like you and I do. 
And that's how we have to live our daily walk. We have to live a prophetic lifestyle where we depend on the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us in everything we do. And I even gave the example that we were in the restaurant and, um, and our waitress came to our table and she had a smile on her face, but um, the Lord gave me a vision, a vision of just like, in, you know, in my mind, he gave me a vision of this dark cloud over our waitress. And so, um, you know, I've talked to the people sitting with me. We ended up praying with her. Uh, she began opening up to us. and But it was because of the vision that the Lord had given me. He showed me and revealed something to me prophetically about her so that I would know to pay attention. And so, we, you know, we prayed about it and then we ended up ministering to her. And so that's an example of how we need to reframe and rethink and expand our definition of the prophetic. And some of you may already know this, but um, but I still hope this will encourage you and that this will bless you. And uh, this will, so, you know, these, these next few weeks will be examples to you of um, how to begin to, to step out into prophetic evangelism. And I just want to challenge you uh, to expand, you know, your prophetic, your personal prophetic ministry. And like I said, it can just start off with, with, uh, the Lord, you know, giving you a scripture and then you just begin to pray all week, you know, Lord, show me who to give this scripture to, who can I encourage this week with this scripture? It can be that simple to start with. And, um, I just encourage you to, to pray about these things, to go to the Lord with these things in prayer and ask him, you know, to, to open your eyes, to open your ears, that he would begin to reveal himself to you, that the, the Lord would begin to reveal things to you. Um, I do want to spend the next couple of weeks on prophetic evangelism. And I also want to still can talk about all the different ways we can receive uh, prophetically from the Lord, the Naba revelation that we can receive with him but just be praying about these things as you go about your week and uh, begin asking the Lord to open your ears and to open your eyes and I hope you have a wonderful blessed week if you enjoyed this podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post you will be informed thank you for listening and also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E, at aim, A-I-M, dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.